Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcast. You are the best. You got the best. We roll tonight to the guitar bite. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You're ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Well, I tell you what, guys, this week we are going to get right into it with our guest. It is guitarist extraordinaire Rowan Robertson. Of course, you remember his work with the Mighty Dio and the Lock Up the Wolves album. He is currently a member of the famed Vegas show Rating the Rock Vault. Rowan, man, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you here. I know it's been a crazy year for a lot of people, man. What have you been up to? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm doing lots of writing and I'm, I'm really, you know, making this time work for me. Absolutely. That's tremendous. And I'm glad to hear that. How long, how long have you been on writing the rock vault now? How long has it been? Oh, I think I've been in the show a oh, good three years, three plus. Does it get, what, what's it like those songs? Because the, the set list is very calculated. You, you cover so much. Does it get, does it get old playing those songs? That's the wrong word for it, but it never. Because no, they're classics. Never. They're, they're classic classics. Songs. And, and the coolest thing about the Rock Vault, I mean, as you say, the set list is great. Howard Lee's put the set list together. And he always says, he says, nope, we're not changing it. It's working great. Because most of the people that come to the show, they're seeing it for the first time, you know, 80, 90% of them. And uh, obviously we start with the Doors and the Who, and, and then we get into Deep Purple uh, Hotel California. I mean, all just classics, one after the other. And every time I play them, I'm trying to do them justice, the guitar parts and get them. And we're always goofing around on stage and having fun and cracking each other up. And it's just such fun. It's really, you know, people love the show. So it, it doesn't get old. No. The show is, it's a must go. You know, I become friends with Sir Harry Cowell and yeah. we, we hook up every time I'm, I'm down there. I haven't been since then, like I said, in, back in February, which was the last concert I've been to. I guess, I hope I don't have to take that to my grave, though, Rowan. We got to get, we gotta get yeah, something man. going here. What, what, if there was a show tomorrow, would you be there? I mean, I'm not trying to, to, to you know, oh, put the spotlight uh, on you, but if, I, what is your I thought? would be there. I would be there. I mean, I, I, I maintain, um, you know, uh, I maintain a sensible attitude uh, to, to, in my mind you know, of, of, of how to act, you know, but I certainly, I certainly don't stay at home. Uh, you know, I, I definitely get out there a bit and yeah, I would, I would, I would, uh, I would consider going to a show. Yeah. Well, what, so what, what was the last show you've been to like as a fan? Do you remember? Oh, as a fan, um, man, oh, probably something at vamped in Vegas. Uh, yeah. Uh, they have some great bands. Like there's, I saw a killer a Metallica cover band called Damage Inc. And it's just like, 
It's like seeing Metallica in like 1982. <laughs> it's killer. That's a time where I think a lot of us would like to revisit for Metallica for sure. <laughs> that was a lot of our people's favorite eras for sure. The early days. I mean, we're, we're kind of zigzagging around here, Rowan, because That's you've fine. done so much and you've been around for so long. Yet you're still such a young man. Growing oh, well, up, thanks for saying. Growing, yeah. Well, really absolutely. Young. You're you're the young guy, and and pretty any band you're in, and that's been the case. Got, I'll have a cane. I'll have a cane, and I'll be like, and I'll you know be like taking putting Ben Gay on, and I'll be like, I'm the kid, man. I'm the kid. Hey, you'll always be the kid. You always have that. Well, I mean, what was what was your kind of upbringing like? Because uh, you know we, and I want to get into when you joined Dio, but before, prior to that, were you just a typical kid growing up? idolize these oh, bands that for from England or from America and you just that got kind of fell in to to that kind of music at an early age yeah um yeah. by the by the time I was about sort of 16 I mean I had the, all the posters on my wall at Anthrax and Bon Jovi and uh, I was a huge Steve Vai, David Lee Roth, Van Halen fan LA was where it was at I mean you know the LA guitar sound Randy Rhodes um and uh, yeah, just uh, there was like a thousand kids in my school. There was like five of five of us that were into like hard rock. And uh, first show I saw at Hammersmith Odeon was Anthrax with Metal Church and uh, Crimson Glory. So wow. yeah, yeah, that was. I mean, that was my. That was when I really sort of got good at the guitar. I mean, Shrapnel. Uh, I was just listening to Vinnie Moore this morning actually, and and Ingve, the Ingve album he did with uh, uh, Joe Lynn, you know, Odyssey. That's a yep. great album. And yeah. So, yeah, just, just a regular, yeah. Well, then <laughs> you're in Dio at age 17. And I mean, this is gonna this has been brought up in every interview you've ever done. I'd say most people Thank that you. listen to us know who you are, know the story. But for those that don't, I mean, you join at age 17 and it wasn't just... <laughs> It, 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 there were some circumstances that occurred to let this happen and you had to kind of go for it. You're the ultimate example of if you want something, go get it. Is that, yes. is that kind of how it worked for you? It is how it worked. And, and you're absolutely right. And, and I definitely believe that still that, you know, if you want something bad enough and you go for it and you go for it and you never give up, you know, you'll get it. But um, yeah, I sent the, I sent the audition tape to, to the record company in London. And uh, they sent it back to me and they said, uh, we're not interested in guitarists. So, so they didn't really even read it, you know. So then I sent it back over to the U.S. I sent it to Los Angeles to the fan club and and just kind of forgot about it, really. It was just me on a boombox playing guitar. And then I played along to Last in Line. I put Last in Line on track one of the four track. And I did a solo over it and I wrote a nice letter with it and a picture of me like doing the you know, with the spiky hair, you know, in my house, you know. And, um, yeah, I, I completely forgot about it. And then Wendy called me up and said, how would you feel playing in front of 20,000 people? And uh, I was a real cocky kid back then, and I just went, uh, yeah, all right, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had just seen, is it true that you had just seen Dio at, was it uh, Castle, was it Donington? Donington, yeah, I was front row. I was like right on the barrier uh, for 1987, or maybe yeah. one person in front of me. 1987, they played, yeah, with Craig, and uh, yeah, I was right there. That what, was about which, a year before I got the gig. Which style kind of did you prefer? As you, I mean, growing up, I mean, you have obviously um, Holy Diver comes out in 1983, Last in Line comes out uh, in '85. You got these two just sister albums that are just powerhouses, and you got Vivian Campbell. 
who's a great friend of our shows, has been on many times. Then you got Craig Goldie that comes in. You think about Sacred Heart. What what style did you prefer? What what did you take more of? And or or was this just you? And this is who you are as a guitarist, and that's kind of what you brought. Or did one of them kind of influence oh, you more? Um, well, all I remember is I, I had the Holy Diver album, and it was just, I mean, I used to crank it up on my stereo in my room, like blast it, and then Last in Line, I had that album, and it just get the head between the speakers, <laughs> crank it up. I just loved those albums, and I loved Dream Evil too. Um, that was it. it. To me, it was all just Dio. I didn't really think, oh, he's better than him, or he's better than him. I just, I just, they're great albums. And um, uh, as for my style, that started back, when I, when I got into Hendrix and when I was like a kid, you know, like maybe, I don't know, like 12, 13, and then Hendrix and then ZZ Top and Queen. And then I discovered um, Steve Vai, Eddie Van Halen, Sh Sh Shrapnel guys, obviously Angus, um, Tony Iommi, obviously. I wouldn't say I was influenced by Tony Iommi's guitar style. I loved Sabbath, but um, Scott Knott from Antax got in his rhythm. So sure. it's just a, just a load of things, a load of things. And I used to buy a guitar magazine, you know, guitar player. I used to, you know, get the sound page out of guitar player, Paul Gilbert, you know, Racer X. What? Okay, so Lock Up the Wolves is the album you wind up recording. And I think it is so, so underrated. I'm such a fan of songs like Wild One, Hey Angel, Night Music. But you've got such a great, this is a great lineup because you got Simon Wright. Was Jimmy, Jimmy Bain still... Jimmy Bain? Well, well, Jim, Jimmy Bain and and Claude Schnell and Vinny were right. in the, in the band that I joined all the way up to about ten months uh, when the lineup started changing and and then um, then we finished the writing and made the album. Um, I guess I chased them all away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually here. That's on your Wikipedia page. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, but uh, just talk about because I mean it's um, as of May, it's been ten years since we lost Ronnie. I'm so thankful I got to see the Heaven and Hell lineup about a year before he died with Motorhead and with uh, Judas Priest on the Metal Masters tour, and I, I just hold that show in my heart forever because Ronnie's so impactful for me as a singer and a performer. But what was what's Ronnie like as a person? Because every single person we talk to talks about how he never forgets anybody's name you could meet yeah. somebody and come around and, and know a record guy's name or a radio show host name he probably would even remember mine years later which is insane oh, what was yeah, he dude, like as a person well that name thing it was uncanny i mean he would he would see someone you know like backstage or something someone he'd only met like 10 years ago for 10 minutes and he would say he'd say mark how you doing is your mother okay you know what i mean it was really uncanny really uncanny uh, and and he genuinely loved his fans. He really did. He loved the people that support him. He used to tell us, "You don't get on the on the tour bus. You don't get on the bus until you've signed everyone's thing because they put you here." I mean, he was really genuinely loved loved his fans, and uh, he was a funny guy. I mean, he was he was hilarious. I mean, he was just uh, he was like a one man army, you know. Ronnie, he was great. He was great. You know? I I've we had Doug Aldrich on, who you know played with Ronnie in later years, and. He talked about how they'd be at a bar watching football and Ronnie would be like stopping fights from happening. But he was like, uh, cause Ronnie, I think was an Eagles fan. No, he was a Giants fan. Right. 
And Doug was an Eagles fan and they'd be watching like the games and, and, uh, and Ronnie would be like breaking up fights. I mean, just crazy stuff. Yeah. Was it, was it a hard gig? Rowan? No. How, that's a simple no. question. I guess it's not. No, he was easy to work no, with. Not hard gig at all. Not hard gig at all. And Ronnie, like, even though I guess technically it was his thing, Ronnie loved the music of bands and Dio was a band. In my opinion, it always was a band. The guitar player did his thing bass player did his thing and uh it wasn't like oh you know we're working for someone it was a it was a band and and um a lot of fun a lot of a lot of all the the good fun things that rock and roll bands should do you know we I heard, silly. <laughs> no i no <laughs> no not at all um what what was your thoughts because uh last summer i did go and see the Dio returns tour and i I'll be honest. I loved it. It got a lot of flack. People, you know, don't, I don't think they got it, but seeing those musicians and seeing those songs brought to life with Ronnie as a visual, I thought was tremendous. And Jeff Pilsen who played bass for Ronnie in later years said that Ronnie would have loved it. He loved technology and said that he in life would have loved the thought of himself post-mortem still performing. So what did you think? What did you <laughs> think? Be like, he'd be like, he'd be like, Fuck, can't I just get a break? I'm tired already. <laughs> no, no, I I, uh, I don't know how he, he would have felt about it, but um, but I really enjoyed it. I saw it at the Wilton, and I think just, yeah, it's like it's like seeing the Dio songs brought to life in a different way with those wonderful visuals, and you get to enjoy the songs. I mean, what's not to love, you know? It's great. What's going on uh, with Bang Tango? Because you've played with those guys. I uh, I know that yeah I know that Joe just has been playing with the original lineup, which is great to hear because those first three albums were like amazing, um, not like amazing they were amazing. Um, but uh, no, I'm still in contact with those guys and um, I'm really good friends with them. Uh, but I haven't played with them for quite a while because the Rock Vault thing, my my show, it just was uh, had to be my main focus. Very interesting and 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 uh, DC Four, what's going? I mean, it's been. A couple years? Has there been any, yeah, anything uh, going on there? I spoke to Jeff actually last night. We had a great chat, and um, he's finishing up with the um, videos for the new Armored Saint album, which is doing really well. I'm um, not surprisingly, and uh, he said he's got a load of riffs, and he's turned them into songs now. And he asked me to, if I've got any riffs, you know, send them to him as well. So there will be another record from that, at least. That that's great to hear. See, I mean, it's, we got to get back to some symbolicity of normalcy, man. I tell you, this has yeah. been, this has been crazy. We usually do 40 to 60 concerts a year, just, uh, you know, covering and interviews and all that backstage and to not have one, no festivals. We usually do things like, you know, Rocklahoma and some of the, some of the bigger ones around the country and travel. And it's just like sitting here has been crazy. So we want to get things back and writing the rock vault is I think so important for rock and roll. I'll tell you this. The last time I was there, uh, my girlfriend brought her 21-year-old daughter. She just turned 21. We were in Vegas for her 21st birthday. Oh, cool. She was so in love with those songs. She, you know, she she might have known those songs from some movies and things that you see on you, you know, YouTube videos or video games. You know, those songs are prevalent, but she walked away from that and she was like, oh my God, like those are the songs. And she and she developed a whole new fan. So those songs, that show is important because it harnesses yeah. a new a new generation. You know what I mean? It does. I see it. We used to see it every night, you know, people bring their 
children and they absolutely love it it's they it's it's great it's really nice to to be introducing that to a younger generation absolutely I, cool. I think it's i think it's important and i think that hopefully we get to to a point where we can do that How how's vegas so you live in vegas i assume yeah right How how's it going right now i haven't been since february so what's is it pretty is it more open well, now like what are the what's it like i haven't been going out to the casinos because I've, I've, I've i was never really well my only reason to go into the casinos was if I was going out for a drink with my friends sure. or, uh, or, uh, doing the show, but I believe some of them are open. I believe some of them are open to a sort of a limited capacity. That's all I know really, but it seems to be, uh, you know, I mean, when you went all this, when you go in the shops, you know, people obviously are still wearing masks and stuff. Uh, but, um, yeah, what can you say? I mean, it's, it's opening up a bit, I guess, you know, for so many, for it, it seems to me in the last decade that Vegas has kind of become the new LA. You talked about being such a fan of of the uh, LA players and the LA scene, kind of as growing up. Yeah. So many of those guys have moved to Vegas. That's kind of where it's at now. Yeah, yeah. It's going. It's going through its Vegas phase. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it no, because I, I mean there there is yeah, so much going right. on. There's there's so many places yeah. to play. You talked about Vamped and some of the great venues and uh, you know so many great places where some of the venues you guys have played, whether it be in the Tropicana or the hard rock or now, I think that, and I think that you guys may wind up having to move again. I think that, that casino may close. They're talking about closing yeah. it and, and redoing it yeah. again. So you guys might have to move again. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's move. Let's go. <laughs> Rowan. It's such a pleasure, man. I, before we let you go, yeah. we got to give you our, our final four drum roll, which is four quick questions, four uh -oh. fun questions. And you give us whatever comes to mind. Sound good. <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. So, question one: What uh, show or shows on on Netflix or on stream? What have you been watching, kind of during these crazy months? Anything good? Um, shows. I don't really follow shows. I watched the uh, world's the world's hardest race. I watched all of that. There you go. That was a good one. That was that was one I might not have expected. That that was a good one. What is the uh, first album you remember buying with your own money? Oh. Um, first album probably was, uh, Jimi Hendrix live at the Fillmore. What Down was your, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, that's incredible. What was your, uh, favorite, favorite venue to attend a show in England as a fan? Like what was your favorite show? You talk about going to Hammersmith Odeon's hard to top, but was there another club or something that you like to go into see shows at even better? Nah. No, because I was I was in LA by seventeen. Hammersmith. Oh, cannot beat that. <laughs> okay, so what is what was your favorite Dio song to play live? Tarot Woman. Ooh, I love yeah. Rainbow Rainbow Era. Let's do that. That's great. I love that stuff. What was your What was your favorite song? Oh, we'll do a final five. What was your favorite song off Luck Up the Wolves? Uh, Wild One. Leads off the album title. That's great, great song. <laughs> Rowan, I'll tell you what, I can't tell you how much fun this has been. The next time that we, uh, you know, see each other, hopefully it's at a rating the rock vault show is in Vegas. And we're getting this thing ramped back up again because, uh, yeah. you guys are doing such great work there. You guys are all so great, great musicians and the show's outstanding. Rowan can't think enough. We'll be looking for the other projects coming up soon as well, man. You're the best. Thanks for keeping it going, Clint. I really appreciate you having me on. Always man. Thank you.